0: Every single person has the right to hear God's perspective regarding these important areas of our lives. And when we understand that we not only know what God says, but we begin to walk in such a way that we are pleasing to our Heavenly Father... Everything, everything begins with love. Our great desire, all of us as we are sitting here this morning, my great desire is to be loved. We do not want to be loved for what we do, but for who we are. And that when someone looks at us, they believe in us, And they see what we do not see. And by their love, we're able to go where we could not go without that love. Love gives us personal value. And we begin to have good thoughts about ourselves. It's during this uh, time that we have to learn how to have healthy relationships. And somehow... Break bad relationship patterns that do not work. So, how is it, whether it's a family relationship, a marriage relationship, a dating relationship, the question is how do you, how do I become healthier in those relationships? That happens first of all it begins with God I want to turn over to 1st John 4 we're in the new international version uh, this morning to chapter 4 of 1st John verse 15 if you're here say yes. yes thank you if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God. God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made uh, complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Verse 18, 19, read out loud, please. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. One who fears is not made perfect in love. Verse 19, we love... It's interesting that the writer of this scripture is the apostle John. Most theologians would agree that the apostle John was the closest to Jesus and when he writes he says that he was the disciple who Jesus loved. So he is not writing out of information. But the apostle had encountered God's love. And it's interesting that he says not only that God loves, but the essence of his being is love. And so... In these verses, it says in verse 16, so we know and rely, so we know and we rely on on the love God has for us. Probably the easiest theological thing to understand and maybe the absolute most difficult thing for us to actually live in. I, uh, some years ago, I started this thing of, of constantly during the day in my thoughts saying to myself early in the morning, I am loved. Now, I know Judy loves me. I know I am loved. And the more I get that in my mind in my heart, I begin to understand who I am and that I am valuable because I am loved. And God begins to do something that is incredible. However, he says here, why does he interject in a passage talking about God's love and living in love and all of a sudden, he interjects this word fear. And in verse 18, there are three references to fear. And he gives to us spiritual understanding that fear interrupts the river of love from flowing. It stops it. Because what we are becoming through the love of God and the love that is In our relationships, our directive is is to take the love and to know who we are so that we become authentic, so that we're not one person inside, okay, and then we're someone else on the outside, and someone's trying to find out who is this person, and that's what happens in the world. You have the costume... And then you have the real person. That's why when you're going to consider marrying someone, you wait a long time to see if they're wearing a costume or whether they are who they say they are. you can put on a costume at a nice restaurant with the candle lights on and the dark, the dark uh, beautiful atmosphere and have your decked out in the greatest thing. And yes, this is wonderful. Really? I think I'm with Fred, but I think he's John. So when fear interrupts love then it has an effect on us so that fear actually affects us to such a point that it keeps us from being vulnerable, from being real. The world is not looking for people who are phony. They're looking for someone who is genuine And who we are on the outside is congruent to who we are in the inside because we have been touched, we have been motivated, not by the love that comes in the human realm, but we have a love from God himself and the essence of who he is, is love. However, love love is never functioning in isolation, but collaborates with truth. Truth and love are married together. Dwight Bain says, truth becomes hard if it is not softened by love And love becomes soft if it is not strengthened by truth. Ephesians 4:17, uh, the writer there says, "I want you to speak the truth." In the Greek, it means simply truthing it. I want you, when you open your mouth, I don't want you to speak lies. I don't want you to make things bigger than they are. I don't want you to hype yourself. I don't want you to go off the edge here and, and speak things that are not truthful. And he says, I want you to speak the truth. However, when you speak it, wherever you are, be careful that it's always working collaborating with the truth and the love that God has given to us. Hallelujah. So you're on a date, and this uh, girl or guy says, I love you. And a few sentences after that say, Let's have sex. Because I'm feeling the love. And if you're not careful, you'll be caught in the love. (laughs) The love, say it, the love. So let's assume now that we need to collaborate, here is the love, which we'll learn the definition of that setting, and then, so how do we decide whether to go all the way, have sex, live it up, or is there, is there a God thing or a truth pathway, runway, that I need to understand that God says? Over in First Thessalonians chapter 14. Everybody still here? Yes. Verse 3. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control your own body. In a way that is holy and honorable. Not, uh-oh not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins. As we told you and warned you before, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life, Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being but God, the very God who gives his Holy Spirit. I noticed a little quietness fell over uh, the family uh, when we read that. Since you're so excited, let me define the word sexual morality. And it includes, uh, uh, you're married and you go out and sleep with someone else, that's called adultery. And then there's fornication, homosexuality, incest. There's a whole line list. This is a, a Greek word here that is including all of the above. So on this date, back to that date, what we see here is not love, because the proposition of having sex in your apartment, and by the way, if you're going to stay pure, you don't go to the apartment or place where you're all by yourself, and you watch what you're doing, or you will be caught off guard doing something that you didn't want to do, and then feel bad when you go home and get in bed. So what he says here, he says not, verse 5, not in passionate lust like the pagans, or in our situation, like the culture that we live in here in America, where our movies have scenes of people sleeping together, and our television, our Instagram, the Facebook, Uh, Our dress, the gym, the beach, the computer, everything around us is speaking sex. And by the way, when we were bringing up our two girls, we had a standard. We didn't take them to an R-rated movie unless it was a documentary or a war or something like that. And they did not like going to us to a movie because we walked out of a lot of movies. And let me ask you a question. Have you walked out of a movie recently? Judy and I, I think last year or the year before, went to a movie, and they had the four-letter word just like every other sentence. We got up and we walked out. We saw some other Christians there that sat there listening to this four-letter word, and I said, I'm out of here. I'm getting my refund downstairs. This is it. I'm not going to look at sex happening on a TV screen or at home or wherever, Netflix, because I'm not gonna do it because it's not right. And if we think we can fool around like that and still stay pure, we are risking ourselves. It's It's like running through a red light and say, well, God protect me. No, stop. Stop at the red light. Don't walk through the, uh, drive through the. <laughs> what we have in our society is we have a, a me, me, and me, and mine culture. Hashtag me. If I feel good. And I love you. And you have a wonderful shaping being. Hallelujah. The Lord has blessed me. (laughs) He has blessed me coming in and blessed me going out. Hallelujah. No, you're deceived. No, you have to decide who you are following. Your passionate lust. And what it is, is taking a God-given gift and sex, the ability to have sex, is not produced by Hollywood. When God said, be fruitful and multiply, he was giving every human being the opportunity to experience the gift of sex. God is not against sex, and sex is not a dirty word. And we talk about it everywhere, but in the church. And he's the creator of it. But it's in the context of marriage. Marriage is not a contract. Marriage is a covenant. Year after year after year after year after year, I've looked at my wife, and I have said and confessed, I will always be faithful to you. And I'm going to be faithful today. Now this word sexual immorality is the word porneia, comes from our English word pornography. Right now in our nation we have 40 million Americans regularly visiting porn sites. Every second 28,258 users are watching pornography on the internet, one third are women. Then it's amazing, this is a shocker, 79% of all men between the ages of 18 and 30 are on a porn site monthly. Then you go from 31 to 49, 67%. And then when you go above that, it's 49%, and parents, let me just add this. If you, do, if you have young people, you're too busy, you can't get them in the mix, they can't get related, they, they don't have friends that are Christians around them, I don't, what one chance in a thousand, unless you're in a Christian school, are your kids going to make it? And that's why we have about half of the young people at the mix on Wednesday night. We're pouring thousands of dollars in there. There could be another four or five hundred in the church, but we're too busy. We've got sport, got soccer, got all these games. You know when pornography begins? It begins between the age of eight and 11. That means you better get some books, you better find out how to tell your kids about sex. You start early, you put certain things in there, but there is a point where you know, and you are discussing, again, the phone is the most dangerous thing in your house. It's not the stove. It's your phone, that phone. If you don't have a monitor on that, and listen, don't you say, well, I trust my children. Great. Ronald Reagan says, trust and verify. Trust Trust and verify. (laughs) Well, you know, I just trust, I just, I trust my kids. Wonderful, then they have no problem if you verify, do they? <laughs> Let me tell you something, if King David, who is the godly man who got a lot of scripture here one day, was kinda looking out and saw a girl having a bath and beckoned her up, this is a man of God, okay? Well, I, I trust my children I'll say it again, you trust them, you better at any point take the phone and you have to have that thing I talked about, monitor it, you know what is happening because it doesn't matter the, how many parents have trusted their child and hear some weird thing. Whoa, I'm kind of pumped here this morning. I think it was around age, age 13, we have two girls, and this is where fathers, I know we have a lot of single mothers, but fathers, stop being passive as though you, you're not the leader. Fathers, you had this child, now lead that child, Okay? So we started somewhere around 13, and I started, their mother told them about this very interesting subject, but I followed up by simply reminding them almost every day, are you going to save yourself? And by that, save themselves for the man they were going to marry. And you have to say it, you, you have, you have, a son, you have to tell him every day and talk about it. And the more, the mo- the more you don't say anything, you're crazy. You don't understand that the times that we're living in, and you can think everything is good, it's and everything is cool, it's 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 okay. It's not cool. Right. Hey, wake up, wake up. We're living in the most dangerous society of all the world. And without Jesus, and that's why I guess Jesus came up with a local church, without ministries, the avenue, without trying to get your college students and young adults, we're trying to build a framework here, not to have young people just that don't have sex. That is part of it. We're talking about their destiny. We're talking about them doing something in the world. I remember one morning, I was in the bedroom and I had my notes, Jackie, who just spoke, opened the door and said, Dad, I'm leaving. And I said to her, I said, Jackie, are you gonna save yourself? She said, Dad, I'm going to church to sing in the choir. (laughs) Not taking any chances. Stay, stay sexually pure. If you are dating someone, draw the boundary line of purity. Draw it. Talk about it. And when you talk about it, talk about the destiny that is on your life and that God has great things planned for you and in view of his destiny for you and the plan that he has for you to get there, that you are drawing the boundary and we're not having sex until the right person shows up. And here's another thing. A lot of people, well, we're going to get married, and we're in love, and we're going to get married. What? You're not married. Hello. <laughs> You're not married. Well, we love each other. So what? I love diet. No, I don't love Diet Coke, but... <laughs> I, uh, do you speak in your phone yes. a lot? I speak in my phone. And yesterday I was uh, praying for Diane Copeland, one of our intercessors, and I said, call Diane Copeland, and it came up, Diet Coke. <laughs> anyway, that's, anyway. Now what we're talking about this morning is a sexual revolution in Orlando, close to Disney. That we're not fooling around. Pastor's not fooling around. Us are not fooling around. Leader's not fooling around. Somebody has a wife, that's not for you. Just like if we go out here and you have a car and I say, wow, I love that car, I'm gonna take it. It's not yours. <laughs> uh, it's not yours. So when you see this hot girl at the office and she's got that special special glory factor, and she's married to some other dude, and you're looking at her, just remember, she's not yours. If you don't steal cars, don't steal wives. Stick with the one you have. (laughs) And if your relationship is disruptive, come to Illuminate. Get in a small group and get help because if you're in trouble in your marriage, it's an open door to check down this hot thing over here rather than you having your eyes on your girl or your guy. Keep your eyes where they should be, on what is yours. My eyes are on you, girl. All right, now, what you're sitting here and... You're sitting here and you say you know, I messed up, um, I've done all kinds of stuff. And in fact, I'm dating someone and we're sleeping together on the weekends. And uh, there's always someone having an affair with somebody else's wife and all those things that are going on. And my wife reminded me uh, for the service, she said, She's my advisor. She said, oh, she always talk about the guys. She says, there are women around that are seductive. You need to talk about that too. And in fact, in Proverbs, it talks more about seductive women than men. Watch out, men, these. Now, what happens if, if you're doing all these things or you're almost to do it, doing it and you're getting emotional into this person at the office or whatever? What do you do, what do you do? Well, first of all, if you're doing it, you have condemnation. And condemnation does not come from God, it comes from the devil. He is the accuser of us. So, conviction, however, comes from the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit tells you that your identity is not in what you do. And the conviction of the Holy Spirit is saying to us, This is not right. How many know there's an inner voice here? If you actually listen while you're going after somebody's wife or husband, there's something in says, This is not right. This is not right. This is not right. This is not right. And someone here right now is getting this message. This isn't right. This isn't right. What that is, is conviction. Conviction doesn't make you feel hopeless. It makes you be hopeful. And what he says is, I have a better way. And when... We open our hearts, humble ourselves. This triangle puts the grace of God, truth and love functioning together so that the grace now comes in and the truth and the love and the triangle here, the triune is working inside of us so that we can put up our hands and say, I give my life to Christ. Often what this is is we haven't committed ourselves to Christ. Can you imagine who's the guy that walked across Niagara Falls on the tightrope? Some guy from the circus. Can you imagine getting on there and saying, I'm not sure I'm committed to this wire. <laughs> you're, not, you're, not, you're not committed to the wire. Well, you know, I don't know whether I'm I don't know whether I'm committed to the wire or not. You better can be committed to the wire. <laughs> you ought to be committed to what God says. Yeah, I love this person. Yeah, I'm inflamed. <laughs> I really do love her. And when you say no, You don't allow passionate lust to come, but you back up and say, I honor you, I respect you. I'd like to do something right now. It's 7 o'clock, I'd like to do it, but it would not please God, so we're not gonna do it tonight. There are eight or nine people in the room. You need to back up from where you are Go to that person and say, I have sinned. Please forgive me. I have violated you, and we're gonna start all over. We're gonna put the boundary of purity, and then I'm gonna have someone that is my support, coaching me, and they can say to you, Bob, are you keeping the boundary in line? I certainly am. Don't go to her apartment. Don't go to his apartment. Don't be out here somewhere on your own. Don't trust yourself. You be wise. You be wise. Now, the man is supposed to take the lead. Don't you wait for her. You take the lead. She's trying to do something, you say, No. We don't do those kind of things. We're pure. We can break down every one of these strongholds. And the Lord can do mighty things. The truth is that forgiveness restores the standard of holiness in us and through us so that we become new people. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So that like a burst of lightning is how our God Can shatter the strongholds. That no person can stop him. That he is mighty to save. He will unleash his power. He will break the strongholds of lust. He will break the grip of adultery. He will break the demonic stronghold of pornography. He will obliterate the demon spirits because this is not just an act you do. Spiritual strongholds come in, and after a while, it's not an act. You now are addicted because pornography rewires your brain, and you are addicted, and you say, no, but you're addicted. And what is this? It is spiritual. And we have come here this this afternoon to stop the devil from limiting us, holding us in bondage and condemnation. I do not. Personally, I will not live in condemnation. I will not wake up in the morning and have the enemy stare me in the face and say, look what you did. I want to get up and I want to look at him and say, get out of here. This is our next generation. How old are you? Sixteen. Get your mic there. Sixteen. Sixteen years old. What's your name? Andrea. Andrea, still Andrea. <laughs> Josh, how old are you?
1: Eighteen.
0: How old? Eighteen. Turn this thing on.
1: 18.
0: Eighteen. See? Come up here. Andrea we're raising the next generation is that right? is that right? next generation and we're gonna fight and we're gonna speak the truth and we're not letting anyone go out without knowing God has a better way just a moment no one move no one leave unless it's an urgency. We're not going to sing a song only. We're going to crash the gates of Hades in the name of Jesus. We're going to. Str- we're going to come about and obliterate every demonic spirit in the name of Jesus. That there's no life so dark, no sin so shocking, no attitude so bad, no sex so perverted, no sickness so dreadful that Jesus cannot forgive and heal. Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
1: Come on!
0: says do not be deceived and keep alert for the enemy is a snare that would try to take you out. Do not be deceived for these are the last days for even the very elect will be deceived. So stand In strength and holiness. Strength knowing that the Lord is your strength. Stand knowing that the name of Jesus will rescue you from the enemy's power. These are treacherous times, the Lord says. It is time for you to gather your children. It's time for you to gather your next generation and watch over them. Pray over them as never before and tell the enemy, You will not have my kids. You will not have my generation. So walk humbly before the Lord. Walk carefully before the Lord, watching and looking and listening and discerning lest the enemy come and steal your future for I have destined every person here not to a life of being ordinary but I've called you for greatness and this is your moment this is your time to, to put things back in order to humble yourself and say forgive me Lord For there's coming a mighty revival. There's coming a mighty move of God in church in the sun. It will shake the nations of the world. It will shake Orlando. For the Lord says, this is not another church. This is not a good church. But I've called this church to literally shatter the the darkness in this city, the darkness in your neighborhood, and to rise up and be mighty. He says we are like an army rising up. An army is rising up. And that army is not diffident. That army is not hesitating. That army is being led by heaven's army of God the Father, God the Son. And there are a host of angels. And even in this building right now, there are angels all over this place. And there are angels that are here ministering to us. And it's time, the Lord says, rise up. Army of God, rise up. Army of God, rise up. Hallelujah. 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 dismiss our service without giving friends an opportunity to have their sins forgiven, condemnation to leave, shame to be gone, and to encounter God himself, the love of God. This can be your day. Just a moment, I'm going to count to three, the end of that. If you want prayer, I'm going to ask that you raise your hand and just say, yes, I want Jesus. One, two, three. Put them up. You need Jesus. Put them up, put them up, put them up all over this building. Put them up, put them up in Jesus' name. I need forgiveness, yes, yes. Put them up, put them up. Get out of the devil's camp i gonna ask everyone that raised your hand, walk down the aisle, stand here for one minute. We're gonna have a prayer, because the army, look at this, the army is rising up. Come on, get out of the enemy's camp. Come, come, come. Come right now, in Jesus' name. From the balcony, walk down. That, hit it. Come, come right now, wherever you are. From the balcony. amazing how the enemy wants to hold us in bondage lies to us that we're not worthy and puts condemnation and we buy it there are other people in this room you need to be defiant you need to say to yourself I'm getting out and you in the spiritual realm when you walk that aisle and you come down here there's a crushing of of powers over you and I speak to you to come right now that need to come, couples. Walk the aisle right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I loose you from the grip of evil in the name of Jesus. Who else needs to come? Who else? Balcony, wherever you are, come now. We're gonna pray this prayer. Thank you all for coming, but there are probably several dozen in here. You pray the prayer. And after that, Pastor Dave has some material for you here on the side. But I want us just to all pray this prayer. Your next step is water baptism. Go public declaration you belong to Jesus. So let's pray this prayer. If you're watching online, pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. And he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace, the gift of righteousness, and eternal life. You prayed that prayer. You're in the family of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, go with David.